0: The start of September is usually a time of connecting back with each other after the summer, on Sundays and in our Barnabas communities. There are also opportunities to connect with people who are new to the city. Students arriving for study, people relocating because of jobs or other life changes, as well as relationships with our ongoing friends, neighbours and work colleagues. Of course, the start of this academic year is very different with significant uncertainty around due to the effects of COVID-19 and the ongoing lockdown. Therefore, one of the most important connections we can make as followers of Jesus is with our story of faith in God. We are part of a greater story that is not limited by current circumstances. In order to do that, this September, we're jumping into the story of Ruth, In this short book, we see Ruth encountering difficulty and uncertainty. We can learn so much from her commitment to the people around her and to God, and how she responds in the face of significant instability and loss. Although the title of the book indicates one individual, it's actually the story of a number of related people who work together through this time. The first chapter focuses on Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law. So I'm reading from Ruth, chapter one. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years both Malon and Chilion also died and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, "'Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband.'" Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand is turned against me. At this, they wept aloud again, then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods, go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you, where you go, I will go and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me." When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem, When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away fool, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So, Naomi returned from Moab accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. It all starts with a famine in the land of Judah at the time where the judges were ruling. The time of the judges, as recorded in the previous book in the Old Testament, Uh, And if you read it, you'll find that it was a time of horrendous social and religious chaos. From this big picture of sweep of history, the narrator of Ruth zooms in on one story, one ordinary life. In the midst of all that uncertainty, famine hits Bethlehem in Judah. There is a huge irony that a town called the House of Bread known for its olives, wheat, and barley, is a place of famine. So the decision that Elimelech makes to save his family is to take them to Moab. It seems to be the nearest place with food available, up on a plain. Moab was a country of enmity for the Israelites. So this was a huge decision for him. It wasn't made lightly. They must have been in desperate straits to make that shift. They move from their own people and country to become disrespected resident aliens. The situation gets worse. Naomi's husband, Elimelech, dies, so she's left in a strange country with her two sons, who marry local women, Orpah and Ruth. They are there for ten years. Then the story gets worse again. The son-in-laws, the sons, also die. Naomi is left without her two sons and her husband. A desperate situation for any wife or mother, but particularly severe in the context of that time. She's left with the responsibility for Orpah and Ruth, whom she counts as her daughters. Then she hears of God's provision of food to her own people, so she makes the decision to return to Bethlehem. After 10 years of life in Moab, they head back, And it's on the way that we start to hear of the depth of love between this mother-in-law and her two daughters. First of all, Naomi realises on the way back that this is not the best option for Orpah and Ruth. She says to them, go back to your mother's house. That was the place where marriages were arranged from. She is caring for her daughters by saying, go back, get yourselves husbands from where you're from. And she prays over them that God will show kindness to them. These are the first words that are spoken in this book. They show Naomi's faith. They show someone who believes that God will show kindness to Orpah and Ruth. And this covenant commitment goes beyond the boundaries of Israel. God will show kindness as they return to their country of Moab. They embrace, but they are keen to go on to Bethlehem with her. So she restates what the reality is. Naomi is hugely realistic, saying there's no way she could have children anymore. And even if she could have children, would they really wait for sons to grow up, to marry them? Naomi expresses her cry of lament that the Lord's hand has gone against her. Orpah decides to follow Naomi's advice and returns to Moab, but Ruth, clings on to Naomi there's a depth of affection in this word clung it's used in the original Hebrew where covenants are created strong commitments made this sets up the extraordinary response from Ruth that we'll come to in a moment what can we learn from Naomi there is a raw reality with Naomi's expression of her loss she does not hold back she brings her lament and grief but there are seeds of hope within this chapter. The very fact that it starts with a famine is a link from the narrator to the famines that affected the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When there's a famine that causes God's people to move, God does something. So the word famine is an echo of hope for the people in this story and for the listeners, as well as us as readers. Naomi states her situation with clarity. There is nothing she can do to improve the situation for her daughters-in-law. She can't have children. She can't create husbands for them. She can't provide for them. More than that, her interpretation of this is that the Almighty has acted against her. So her concern for Orpah and Ruth is that, by extension, if they stay with her, If God is against her, they may find themselves in a situation where God is against them too. Hence her determination for them to go back to Moab. But even in naming the Almighty, being against her, she is expressing faith because she recognises that God is participating in their lives. There's nothing in the passage to suggest that Naomi did things wrong, It's not an Israel situation where people have sinned and God has to act. No, this is more of a Job situation where there's apparently nothing that Naomi has done. These things have simply happened. They are part of life. She is in a place of huge lament, protest about loss. And yet she still says to her daughters, may God be kind to you. She believes that God can work beyond the famine, beyond the loss. Naomi is a woman of remarkable faith. But what does she need around her? Who does she need at this time? It's her daughter-in-law, Ruth, who makes the outstanding commitment to stay with her. Naomi is absolutely determined for Ruth to go back to her people and her God, but Ruth is even more determined. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you go, I will stay, says Ruth. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. They return to Bethlehem. Some people recognise Naomi. The word gets round, she's come back. And Naomi's reactive response to her name, which means lovely, is a straight kickback from Naomi. Don't call me lovely. Don't call me that. Call me Mara, because the Lord, the Almighty, has made my life bitter. She names her situation again. And then the chapter that started with a a famine ends with the arrival in Bethlehem, just as the barley harvest is beginning. Are things about to change? How can we respond to what we've heard? I'm going to give us a few questions to consider. We're going through a global pandemic There are huge areas of loss that we can see around the world, closer to home, and that we are experiencing personally. You may be facing the loss of a job, grieving someone who has died, or missing something as simple as not being able to sing together on Sundays, or losing the smiles on people's faces due to the masks that we wear in public. Are there moments? when we are creating the space to express the loss we are going through, not simply to the people around us, but to God, and to be as real with God as Naomi is. Across our households, extended families, Barnabas communities, and also in our locality, are there people we can see around us that are going through huge loss? Who can we support? and like Ruth, lay down our own time, our own agenda, to get around people and stand with them. As we go through the story of Ruth, we will see how community, extended family, and covenant emerge. And we will see God bringing good out of the circumstances. We will see how God's future for his people is created through the line of Ruth and Boaz, giving birth to David, that great shepherd king. The David who is named, along with Ruth, in the lineage of Jesus. The future hope that God gave, not only for his people Israel, but for people like you and me right now. The hope we have in Jesus, the incarnate God, stepping down to earth to live among us, participate in our lives. Whatever your connection is with God, little, lots or none, I want to encourage you to be like Ruth and make the choice to choose God over the circumstances. I'm going to give us a moment now to do that, to reflect before Matt leads us in our final song. Let's make space to receive God's grace and peace this day, even in the midst of uncertainty. I invite you where you are to bring yourself to God. And I'm going to pray, come Holy Spirit, come and minister to each one of us. Minister your peace, your grace, Your provision. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come, make your presence known to us where we are. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for the story of Ruth, who makes that outstanding statement of faith and takes this remarkable action of commitment. Thank you for Naomi, a woman of continuing faith in the midst of huge difficulty and who will see your goodness prevail. So come, Lord. Stir up that gift of faith within us as we stand now where we are to sing of your goodness and your grace.